Hola, Dick Masterson. What's up, Vinny? Hey, man. Uh, I'm How really excited to have you on episode 108 of The Creep Off. Me too. Thank you. You know how important it is for me to do everyone's 108 episode. You know who it means a lot to me. You know who it was not important to today? <laughs> who? The creepiest of them all. Carl. It was not important to Carl today. He, uh, he had other things to do. He was having a uh, foot straightening uh, procedure done. Oh, wow. Yeah, it went horrible. Uh, is, is this any indication of how quickly Carl would leave you to move up to the big leagues? It is exactly what that is. It is exactly what that is. But I like to think of it this way. I have a better co-host today. Uh, ah. What do you say we do a creep off, pal? Let's do it. Let's start off with the recap from last week. Hey, everyone. Tucker Dick. Hello? No, I'm not paying you. The votes didn't go through. Oh, yeah, what are you going to do? Fly over from Mumbai? Yeah, good luck with that one. Where was I? Hey, everyone. Tucker Dixon here with your weekly recap. Last week was wildcard week, and Carl got to start us off because of his unscheduled, I mean, unexpected win. Carl's creep was Mr. Steal Yo Girl and, and your Xbox and probably your life as well and really anything else. He just, he really likes stealing. Vinny's Creep, on the other hand, really enjoyed cheap whiskey and child murder. But don't worry, he was punished severely by getting nearly an entire month in jail for each child he killed. As for my creep, it would have to be Carl and Vinny for doing Wildcard Week. Now I can't make a funny joke about some random person that I find. <sighs> I really like the attention I get from these things, and I really want to draw these out for long periods of time so that people have to pay attention to me for a lot longer. Oh! Mission accomplished! Tucker? Out. Attention parents, what you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. I think no one trusts Carl. No one likes him anymore. He's a snake. He's a scumbag. Vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos! Welcome to episode 108. Joining me all the way from Los Angeles, California, from The Dick Show, and the biggest problem in the universe, it's a much better co-host than Carl. It's Dick Masterson, everybody! How you doing, everybody? Vinny, I love how you somehow managed to make even your camera look creepy for the creep-off. I don't know if it's the lighting... Or you have a creepy resolution selected, but something about it is uh, sending uh, shivers through my body. Well, it's just my way. I like to think that this is what I bring to the table when it comes to the creep off. I bring the whole package. The whole package. Camera and all. You're giving tracksuits a bad name. I don't wear tracksuits. That elastic. <laughs> it cuts into my gut. Doesn't make oh. me very comfortable. <laughs> Dude, you need a onesie. Like they make fake uh, onesies where that look like two two articles of clothing, where because it folds over. You need one of those. I feel like this is very disrespectful. 
I'm just kidding. Dick, you can make fun of me all you want to today. I just appreciate your time. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get too far into this episode, I need to take just one second and say thank you to some people who are absolutely amazing. And uh, we had a fundraiser last week over up here in Rochester for uh, my boss at the Carlson's uh, nephew who has uh, Ewing sarcoma in his brain, Dick. Oh. And it's not the kind that like helps you get rebounds and put up 22 a game. <laughs> It's a bad, it's a bad type of Ewing sarcoma. It's not Patrick Ewing's sarcoma? Is that what you... That's what I'm trying to say, correct. What re- decade are we in? What, how old is this audience that they get Patrick Ewing oblique references? Roughly our age, Dick. Roughly okay. our age. So... <laughs> is this how you start a comedy show? Like, uh, thanks for, uh, thank, like, Jerry's kids? I'm gonna, I wanna, I wanna times? Get, I'm gonna let everybody laugh at me about something. A lot of people donated cash to this thing. It was very, very cool of them. So thank you to everybody who did. You know who you are. And uh, I went to the fundraiser, Dick, and I was really excited to go to this because they had like a silent auction deal. And I slapped down a bunch of money on something and I got it. Check this out. You're going to laugh your ass off at me. You ready? Okay. Something like a vacation home or something. No, Uh, I got this autographed picture of uh, former WWE superstar Luke Harper. Uh, AEW superstar, <laughs> God rest his soul, Brody Lee, who was a friend of mine. He used to come to the club all the time. He was a great guy, and he died very young. And oh. I put a lot of money down to get this picture. How much did you put down? Uh, I'm not going to say the number because it was oh. for charity. But I would have put Five it to grand? you this way. After okay. I got this, I went and looked at it. It's fake. Oh. <laughs> Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. It doesn't have a certificate of authenticity? No or certificate. No certificate. Oh. <laughs> so, who am I going to get mad at? It's for charity. Somebody donated it. They're like, here, you can have this fucking picture in this shitty frame. We're running low on items for our charity auction. These WWE idiots will buy anything, though. That is accurate, sir. That is very accurate. <laughs> My but, uh, dad did one of those. It was like a charity thing, and he um, he silent bid on what he thought was a signed poster of the Waterboy because me and my sister were big Adam Sandler fans and Waterboy fans right. uh, when we were kids. So he brings it home, and he's like, check this out, the Waterboy. We look at the signature, and it's Kathy Bates. Some <laughs> like, uh, would argue that's slightly better. <laughs> she had well, some good seeds. <laughs> Uh, irony hadn't irony wasn't big in like as 98 as it is now uh it's appreciated though yeah so either way i just want to say thank you to all you creepos who donated and uh we're gonna do a contest but before we do i want to explain that today's episode is a bit of an exhibition we're going head to head and we're going to do a creep off but it's going to be just for the bragging rights because I think he's up for the challenge, and I'm up for the challenge. So this is going to be very exciting. I let you pick the category, Dick. Yeah, uh, it's something I'm, I'm uh, intimately familiar with. I have a lot of experience with these, uh, these particular type of creeps. So I figured to uh, take it down to what I know. If I'm, I'm coming in, you know, unfamiliar with the show and the format. I know you guys, though. I don't think you could create a show together that's very different than... Uh, talking about arguing about weirdos and gross stuff and making fun of people. So I, I feel like I kind of get it yeah. already, just knowing you. Yeah, walking into this, I feel like you probably have a better grasp than most. <laughs> but today's category, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, mental health professionals, therapists, people that we give our minds to to help 
fix. They're creeps. L. Ron Hubbard had it right. They're all creeps. They are inherently creepy. They are. They're like used car salesmen for your emotions, right? And they, I think they just get you in that room for an hour and train you on how to sell their services to your friends, like an Amway scam. Yeah, I don't know. I've never really been to therapy, which is why I could do this show so willy-nilly. Everybody walks out of there like, oh, you got to go to therapy. You got to go to therapy. But my thing is, I don't know. I know how good most people are at their jobs, which is bad. And like you go in to get you go to anything at like big box store or even go to get your oil changed. And you're lucky if they don't unscrew all your tires. So you're telling me that therapists are good. I don't think so. It's a solid point. That is a very solid point. (laughs) They're like, hey, you know, we have I wrote a book. They have all sorts of add ons like they're practically trying to sell you air fresheners with their shitty books that they wrote. Yeah. Like, here's my book. It's all your fault. Uh, and, it, you know, just by looking at you, they probably already have an idea of where you're fucking up. I'm like, oh, man, look at this guy. They're like carnies. They could read a mark. Like, guess my weight? Yeah. They're like, oh, this one? <laughs> Cigarettes. <Yeah>. Alcohol. <laughs> I walk in. Alcohol. Overeating. Narcissism. All sorts of problems. Unfixable, delicious. This is a cash cow. Would you like to buy a copy of my book? Only I can fix you. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So these people, they they are in a weird business. And I got to tell you, the people who get into it, it surprises me that not more of them are being arrested on a daily basis. Because I read, <laughs> yeah, I read a statistic while I was researching this, and it said that like you are six times more likely to be raped at a set therapist's <laughs> office. <laughs> Okay. In like a dark alley. <laughs> so they need body cams? Is that, is that what you're saying? Sh- well, you they- don't want your shit getting out there. No, that's true. Do they take notes? I wouldn't want that shit happen. Like, do they they have to take notes on every what they're interviewing, but then they're storing all about all your gay dreams in just a file cabinet in their office or what? Here's Dick's dick <laughs> file <laughs> right here. <laughs> It's like Scientology. That's why they have you. You don't want to stop paying somebody that knows all your uh, deepest, murderist, uh, murderiest fantasies. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. So here's we're going to do the competition. Creepiest mental health professional. Uh, we got to do start this off right. Let's rumble. <laughs> so, Dick, do you want to go first or second? I'll go second. You'll go second. OK, well, I'm going to yeah. start this off today because my creep. His name is Dr. Harvey Lothringer. This guy was a Princeton graduate. The year we are going to be discussing today is 1962. That's where the bulk of this incident happened. Okay? okay. He was a very successful general medical practice doctor. So he's not even a psychiatrist yet. He's, okay. just, a, he's just a general doctor. He lives in this gorgeous 13-bedroom house in Jamaica, States, Queens, right? Such a yeah. nice neighborhood, Dick. His neighbor is Fred Trump. Oh, wow. Yeah, like this is a nice neighbor. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, and the reason why this guy has got so much money is because, I don't know if you know this, in the early 60s, you could make a lot of money in medicine, baby. You could make a lot of money in medicine, especially if you're running an illegal abortion clinic. (laughs) Yeah. I learned from this article that this guy in 1962 was getting 500 bucks a scalp. Oh, God. Was he making them, too? (laughs) <laughs> nope, 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 nope. No. Nope. While he's in there, you know? No, he wasn't making them. He was just taking them out 
and uh, reaping all the benefits. He's living like in the nicest part of town in New York. Five hundred bucks. Yeah, in nineteen sixty-two. In the sixties. Yeah, man, wow. it was completely illegal. So, oh God. Enter June nineteen sixty-two, and a girl named Barbara. She's a nineteen-year-old college student. She informed her parents that she was pregnant, and the baby's father proposed <laughs> marriage. But Barbara's parents, Dominic and Rose Lafermento, thought this was not a wise choice. They were Italians. Okay. They're my people. They're just like, right. no daughter of mine's going to be a whore. I'll slap that baby out of you. But That's the only way I can remember your last name. I'm like, it's, always, it's Vinny Italian. I know it's Italian. Is it Del Pino? Is it? Yeah, it doesn't I got to look it up every time. That's all right. I mean, Giswaldi's probably an easier Italian <laughs> name to remember. But whatever. This lady, her parents start looking around for a, a reputable back alley abortion. Okay. You know, if you're going to go somewhere, you could go to Jamaica Estates. If you go to the nice place, that's where you go. You're going to pay for what you get. Uh, so these people put down their 500 bucks. They made a deal with Lothringer, and they brought him to his, his house at 3 a.m. Okay. So this guy. That's like, when they do their best work. At three well, in the morning. Apparently, he found out that he was been being investigated by the police already for being part of like a citywide abortion ring. Okay. So the cops are already investigating this guy. He knows it. He tells them, bring her over 3 a.m., bring her in through the back door. Maybe she should have gone through the back door. He wouldn't be in the situation. But <laughs> bring her in, and uh, we're going to get this all taken care of for you. So they bring her in at 3 a.m. They leave the mother in the waiting room with his secretary, who is also his 24-year-old girlfriend. Of course. Okay. Her name is Teresa Carrillo. It's 5 a.m. Uh, before tells- Me Too, man. We were, having a, we were having a ball before all this Me Too shit, you know? Dude, if you were a doctor secretary. in the 60s, uh, you were <laughs> fucking killing <laughs> pussy. So, speaking of killing pussy, let's get back to Barbara. So, he tells the mother that Barbara's all right. She just needs some oxygen. So, the mom's still sitting out there going, I hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. Then he comes out around 7 o'clock and says, hey, listen, I might have to take her to the hospital because uh, she's having some issues. And uh, I don't know what we're going to be able to do to fix this, but uh, I I might have to take her there. She's okay. It's not a a big deal. He killed the wrong one. Is that what you're going to? No, she just came out alive and he killed the mom. She she died on the table, Dick. And so during this time, he's trying to like make this mom feel comfortable. Like, oh, your daughter's okay. Your daughter's okay. Oh, she's dead. But but meanwhile, in the back, he's just (laughs) trying to like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I fucking do? So he keeps just trying to stall time with this mom. Like, okay. he's just like, listen, here's what you're going to do. I'm going to take her to the hospital. I'm going to take care of her. We're going to admit her. You can come back and get her later today. Why don't you just All go right. back to the train station, meet up with your husband, go home, and I'll get in contact with you later. So this lady does that. She leaves. She goes to Grand Central Station. She meets the husband. He picks her up. But instead, the couple waited the entire afternoon just there at the train station. They were so worried. They go back <laughs> to the guy's house, and there's no one there. They have no idea where he is. <laughs> he left. <laughs> no sign of this guy. There's is the house still there? His like patients are waiting outside. They're just like, oh. hey, I had an appointment with the doctor. Where is this guy? Oh, no. 
the parents are freaking out. They don't know where their daughter is. They know that they did this medical procedure. She was having problems. She's gone. They waited several more hours. Then they went home. Then they went to bed. Then they woke up the next morning, still nothing from this guy. Then they called the police and reported her missing. Now, remember, this is a really nice house. Oh, no. One of his housekeepers had called a plumber about a clogged drain at the house because they found the toilet all backed up and it partially flooded one of the bathrooms. So they couldn't find the doctor guy. It's like doing damage to the house, so they call a plumber over. The worker finds the source of the problem. Uh, when he looked at the toilet, he saw like human teeth in there. Oh, there were pieces of the bone. Mom? He chopped this woman up oh. in one inch pieces. <laughs> I'm not he shitting spent you. And all day doing it. He spent all night and all oh. day chopping this woman up and flushing her and putting her down the garbage disposal. He used the power <laughs> saw on the bones. <laughs> Where did he get this idea? This was this was plan A for him? <laughs> what do you think is happening here? I mean He didn't <laughs> This guy's running around, he's got the I need the power saw! <laughs> tell the mom she's going to the hospital! She's everything okay! <laughs> and he's running out and telling him, you know what? I might have a problem with this one, and then running back in and putting and just his stuffing putting... her down the toilet, kicking in the pl- he's got the plunger working. Uh. So the, the, this guy calls the cops The, 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 the okay. plumber calls the cops The cops show up and like Yeah those look like human teeth This is very weird So they start excavating the sewer Within 24 hours They start finding oh, pieces no. of her dress They start finding all sorts of stuff <laughs> He didn't have to flush the dress He could have just burned that they, Yeah that might have been a good move But uh, <laughs> they did find the baby He didn't do too much The baby was in there which was okay. good in the sewer. So now they have enough to arrest this guy, obviously, but they can't mm-hmm. find him. Let me tell you what this motherfucker did. The, the secretary, his girlfriend, tells the cops after they catch him that they took a train to Detroit. They took a taxi across the Canadian border, had a plane take them to Montreal. Then they flew wow. to Paris. They traveled <laughs> by rail to Barcelona. <laughs> When they got caught three months later, the doctor and the receptionist were living in a rented apartment in Andorra, a country I have never heard of before. That's somewhere between Spain and France. They had no extradition to the U.S., so they have to extradite the guy to France, and then they France sends him back. Now, How did they get caught? How do you get caught in the 60s without the, like, what are you just, are you using the same name? I don't know. Did he man. have a birthmark in the sh- in the shape of a rapist on his forehead? <laughs> how do you get caught? How do you get caught in another country back then? I don't know, but this guy was busted. And I mean, I don't even think you have credit cards. It's a lot hard. It's a good point. Yeah. Either way, he was not good at hiding. So we let me look ask out you for something. someone shady. Like I think that guy's. That's when everyone was like suspecting everybody of anything. That guy looks kind of shady. I'm I gonna think get he on may the have, uh, flushed a woman down a toilet once. <laughs> Yeah. So if you say, if you are the DA in this case, what mm. are you charging this man with? Um, God, a- abortion. Okay. Desecration of a corpse. Sure. A desecration of a dress. Yep. Stealing teeth. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, murder. How about murder? Murder. <laughs> good. Yeah. I'm going to read to you a fun article that I found today from 1964 in the New York Times. The media was so different back that day. 
It was so different. Harvey N. Northringer, the Queen's physician, accused of abortion and first-degree manslaughter in the death of a young woman in his office in 1962, was allowed to plead guilty to second-degree manslaughter yesterday to cover all 31 criminal charges pending against him. The surprise move in criminal terms of Queen's Supreme Court came almost two years after the dismembered body of a 19-year-old Barbara Lofermento of Pelham was found in a sewer near his home. I think they got the facts a little wrong there. During the luncheon (laughs) recess, uh, his attorney, Maurice Edelbaum, proposed to District Attorney Frank Cacciatore that his client plead guilty to second-degree manslaughter. After a conference with Queen's District Attorney, they agreed. And they figured, you know what, this will save us a three-week trial. So they let him plead guilty to second-degree manslaughter. They said that he would get, like, one to 15 years. So they set up a sentencing date. The parents show up. They're wearing all black. I mean, Dick, this could be a movie scene, what what is described here. On the day of the sentencing, the parents ran late. They arrived to the courtroom just after this hearing concluded. Reporters informed them that Lothringer had received a term of just two to eight years, which would make him eligible for parole in just 16 months. (laughs) Well, you know, Vinny, look. Doctors make mistakes. Yeah, but okay? you're not supposed to. Fl- you're supposed to own up to them, not flush people down toilets. Well, at this point, does it really matter? Mistakes were made. Uh, this isn't really an up and up kind of operation Certainly that I'm running not, here. No. <laughs> so maybe he was hoping to replace the daughter with one that looked like her at the hospital. That right? would be great. This is your 19 year old daughter. <laughs> like the family dog. You know, it's just you so. Come home. It's like the maid from uh, Family Guy. No English. <laughs> Sometimes when you have an abortion, your body gets all messed up, your yeah. hair changes color, you can't remember things. Like English. Yeah. After four years in prison in 1968, he gets paroled. His first petition to restore his medical license is denied. But he tried again and was successful. He oh. got his license back, but he decided that his days as a family doctor were over. <laughs> so he decided <laughs> that maybe the best thing for him to do would become a board-certified psychiatrist. <laughs> okay. So by 1978, Lothringer somehow landed a job as a psychiatrist at the Westchester County Jail. So he's a jail psychiatrist. No oh, wonder the good. recidivism rate in fucking New York is so goddamn high. They had this lunatic in charge of the mental health of prisoners. Is it good to have a criminal psychologist, though? Like, does he get some kind of cred if, they, if they're not listening to him? No. Work on their anger issues? He says, look, I know, I get it. I chopped a woman into little McNuggets and tried to flush her down the toilet, so you can talk to me. Like, whenever? I get you. <laughs> Right? He he pulls the chair out backwards and sits at it. It's like, hey guys. <laughs> yeah. I want to reach out you to you. You see these teeth? I pulled these out of a woman's head. <laughs> he just <laughs> drops them on the desk slowly one at a time. Bling, bling, bling. I like to think that no, he was a little rougher. He would be like, Oh, you guys want to fuck with me? And then he'd just look at them and then just flush the toilet with his foot. <laughs> <laughs> just to give a just give a little Because they're bullying the last psychologist. Like it's like danger. Uh, what is that movie uh, with Coolio and Michelle Pfeiffer? Dangerous minds. Dangerous minds. Like we got a bunch of recidivist con convicts. You got to come in and psychoanalyze them. We have just the guy for it. At the age of seventy-seven years old in nineteen ninety-six, he was forced to retire. <laughs> 
when the prison was sued by the family of a 13-year-old girl who hung herself in their custody after (laughs) our buddy Harvey, without consulting anyone, took her off all of her medication. (laughs) For some reason, he just said, no more meds for this girl, and she fucking hung herself like within a day. She probably called him fat or something. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you fat. There goes all your fucking Holy benzos. Shit. Bitch. The lawyers for this prison were like, well, we're going to have to defend this. I'm like, oh, who's the doctor? Oh, Wait, shit. what? No, we're going to settle this. And who hired him? Like, oh, he's been here since 78. Old Harvey, he's fine. Oh, the abortionist? Yeah, he's fine. Holy shit. <sighs> that is my creep this week. The creepiest therapist. I mean, could you imagine going to get psychological counseling from a man who flushed a woman down the toilet, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Dr. Harvey Lothringer is my creep this week. I can't believe that his his contingency plan for a death on the operating table was so bad. The <laughs> worst plan I've ever seen. And he's like said it's later, smart for a doctor, but it's maybe he just should have consulted a plumber, right? Like he had it all figured out on how to cut the body up because of his doctoring. But he didn't understand how the plumbing worked. I like to think that he was like uh, McCoy from Star Trek. God damn it. I'm a doctor, not a plumber. <laughs> Dick, you're up, buddy. Who is your creepiest mental health professional, sir? Okay, I got... Um, well, I don't know if I could compete with the guy that's uh, chopping women up and flushing them down toilets. It's, it's extra creepy because it's a toilet. Like, if he had just chopped a woman up and fed her to some pigs or something, it wouldn't be as creepy, but... Sitting there flushing one at a time. <laughs> Could you imagine like, where being you... the secretary during this? <laughs> Just keep... ha- having to pretend that you're taking a shit. In there. What are you doing in there? Oh, you know, <laughs> making sounds like uh, it's dinner is just getting going right through me. Just slipping and sliding out blood. All right. Okay, I've got the guy. Um, we're all big fans of, uh, you know, sexual identity and the biology of gender. Um, Big fan of it. You know, you know how we have this word gender that means something different than sex for some reason that happened kind of suddenly? I don't know. I don't remember when it happened. I'm like, oh, they're different? All right. Well, this is the guy who came up with it. Interesting. Uh, yeah, there's a guy who came up with it. He was a psychologist, a sexologist, an author known for his research into sexual identity. Um, and the biology of gender, he wrote the book Fuckology. If that gives, if, yeah, that gives you any kind of idea of how fast and loose this guy. That uh, sounds about as good rules. as that sounds about as good as any other therapist book. To be honest with you, slightly better. <laughs> so he pioneered, I think, the field of the aggressive fuckology. <laughs> creepy, yeah, creepy therapist. This guy was sitting there. He's, you know what? Why don't we just be total creeps about everything and compl- and invalidate the violate the trust that humanity's placed in it? Vi- uh, uh, up in a thou- two thousand years of uh, medical trust that we have, totally destroy with people. Um, he came up with uh, paraphilia, the term, and most of his research goes into that. But there's one incident. I want to tell you about specifically. All right. Uh, because he was also he was also a fraud, Vinny. Uh, and all of his the guy who his, just made up a million different genders out of nowhere was not on the up and out, up deck. Turns out, yes. Turns turns out there was some malfeasance in this research. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this story. Uh, his most famous case was of uh, of David Reamer. 
born Bruce Reamer, who was born uh, and he was he was circumcised at eight eight months old, and it they botched it, and it left him without a penis, which you could you know. I actually have audio of the moil. Oh boy, <laughs> that was him. You could imagine. So eight, you got an eight month old baby. Ah. I don't know how badly. <laughs> I don't know how badly you have to botch a circumcision to cut it completely off, but it's a good argument against circumcisions. If I'm honest, like there's zero risk of accidentally chopping your dick off if you just don't get a knife anywhere near it. Oh, right? I I have a better argument why you should be against circumcisions because it's just something the Bible tells you to do. <laughs> how about that? Yeah. Uh, okay, so John Money. <clears throat> it's not is even his like name. the New Testament. That's Old Testament shit. What are you people doing? John Money persuades the baby's parents that sexual reassignment surgery is the answer to this. So he says the baby, the ba- the kid's got no dick. Did nobody so try let's... glue it back on? <laughs> Did <laughs> nobody <laughs> try that? They didn't have the strong. They didn't have gorilla glue yet. It wasn't invented until the seventies. Uh, so 19, 1966, he goes, "Hey, your son's got his dick chopped off. Let's just raise him like a girl. They're all they're all babies are the same. Boys, girls, gender doesn't matter. Let's ra- raise him as a girl. Uh, let's whack the rest of his package off his testicles. Let's turn everything inside out and give him a vagina. We're gonna change his name from Bruce to Brenda, and you guys will just." Treat him like a girl, and it'll be totally fine, right? Sounds like a good plan, right? Uh, I could see some holes. <laughs> I could see a couple holes in this. Give him some hormone treatment. He's gonna be fine. We're all just we're all just a bunch of skin and holes anyway. So he'll, you know, kids are they can roll with anything. I can't so, argue with that part. So he published all this as a huge success. And he built his career in this idea of gender fluidity and reassignment uh, on this case that he called a huge success. But as it turns out, we found out much later that uh, things got a little goofy. So during during appointments with uh, with this kid that they turn into a girl and the kid's twin brother, uh, John Money would force the two to rehearse sex acts. With the gender swapped kid, with the the, the trans uh, woman or little girl, acting like a bottom role, while the brother grinded, dry humped him with his working penis, but still prepubescent penis. Can so, I just play girls basketball? <laughs> That's <laughs> I'd rather play girls basketball than this. So this is a this is a pretty big crime. Already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got, that poor child, yeah. Added element of it being identical. To, you know, you always say like, "Wow, wouldn't it be great to have an identical twin?" All the pranks that we could play on people, like swapping in and out, and well, they driving took in and out, all right. So he took he took them and made for some reason uh, made them perform boy girl sex acts on the on the as the boy is the the trans girl. Um, he kept doing this for years. Can you really it was call important. someone a trans person if they had no say in the matter? I don't know. I don't know. That was his theory. 
Um, so for several years, he kept going, and they re- they refer to it as the John Joan case, uh, and they they touted it as a as a big success for female gender development, using it to support the f- the feasibility of sex reassignment. So this went on for uh, for years um, until until it was uncovered, and it was uncovered way, way later. Like the damage the damage had been done for decades. Uh, the success of this program had had spread around for decades. Um, <clears throat> so at fourteen. Uh, the the boy developed schizophrenia, uh, and the parents decided that they should tell the uh, Brenda, the trans daughter, what they had done because they You're were instructed. Not schizophrenic. We're just terrible parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You can settle down now, Brenda. All right. You might have look. We have something to tell you that might answer a lot of questions, like yeah. why you are playing with trucks and why the, the kids at school call you a cave girl, a cave woman, and why you hate wearing dresses. And, and why, why you got you inward boners. I don't know if that's a thing. It's got to be. <laughs> um, let's see here. His case, David Reamer's case, came to international attention in 1997. So this is... 30 years, this guy was perpetrating this lie of gender reassignment um, when it was told to an academic sexologist who persuaded Reamer to allow him to report the outcome uh, in order to dissuade physicians from treating other infants similarly. So this guy was a big proponent, John Money, of um, a very early child sex reassignment surgery. Wouldn't a real psychologist just try to help the child with the mutilated penis feel better about themselves? Isn't that what like therapy is supposed to be? Yeah. Uh, you know, it was risky because you could imagine that if it had worked, it would be cool, right? Wow, it's a good thing you did that. I feel great, actually. I don't feel like a boy with balls and no dick. I just feel like a, a woman. And then uh, we would never have heard the story. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be a lot more... There'd be a lot more babies getting swabbed at birth by now. Let me see here. Oh, yeah. On July 2002, uh, Brian was found dead from an overdose of antidepressants. Uh-oh. Which, if, you're, if that happens to one of your patients as a psychiatrist, you really, you really are bad. Not good. Right? Like, antidepressants specifically, that's like... Uh, that's what you're racing against. So um, I found a website, by the way. Years. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I found a website no, when no, we were no. researching this that was mm-hmm. basically just like bad therapists and just lists of therapists and all the shit they've been convicted of. So many people get in trouble for just misdiagnosing and prescribing people the wrong way. It's a <laughs> yeah. big fucking deal. I believe it. I mean, what do they have to go off of? They don't have any actual tools to use, like an x-ray. Like It's like imagining the rest of medicine a hundred years ago. And there's like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're a woman. Uh, we don't really have... All we have still is just questions and you lying to us about everything your parents did to you. That's unbelievable. Uh, Dr. Money, no. huh? Dr. Money. Uh, David, the sex change one... Uh, committed suicide by shooting himself in the head with a sawed-off shotgun. That's kind of ironic, of- isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like 10,000 spoods. 
<laughs> you think he was he aware of the irony as you think he's he's like a comedian and set that up or was he aware of it as oh. he was pulling the trigger at all or I, I, I think the irony went right through his head. Oh. Reamer's parents they they said that money's methodology was responsible for the death of their sons. Can you imagine that? Um and money has argued instead of saying Oh, yeah, that was fucked that I did that, as well as being illegal. Uh, Money, the, the psychologist, has argued that the media response to his expose was due to right-wing media bias. That and, the anti, <laughs> and the anti-feminist movement. Yeah, so that's the reason. The reason people are so upset, according to the, the doctor of psychology, is um, Trump, basically. What makes me... Like, question that argument sir is the fact that most trans people don't want to be raped by their brother i do you think it's not a good argument sir it's not a good argument even if the even if the trans part would have worked i would think that the the forced incest would be in a, a problem like i think you messed up your own experiment when you started adding that into the mix yeah sometimes scientists man they get ahead of themselves yeah, they do. They get excited. <laughs> Premature celebration, right? I'm like, okay, that was awesome. Well, let's see. Now let's see if the incest well, thing that I the wanted China's to Well, the there. Let's see how she fucks. Uh, let's see. Intersex activists also criticized the guy uh, for making them look bad, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a case that probably should be cited more often. <laughs> well, right? Right? Because every... Everybody's talking trans all the time, but nobody's ever going like, "Hey, uh, you know the guy who came up with that was like a, a weird pedophile." Anybody? So you're no? telling me that like the whole the whole trans thing, the whole trans movement started from like a Reese's peanut butter cup accident. This guy slipped the <laughs> knife. It's like you got chocolate in my peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. Look at what we have yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I, but there's no there's no like uh, reporting on how the moil felt about the botched circumcision. Uh, but yeah, that this whole this whole nightmare that we're dealing with every day is all a result of uh, of these poor kids that both killed themselves. Wild. So what's this guy's name? Doctor Money? What a badass Do- name! <laughs> that's probably why he thought he could get away with it. That's like a, that's a heel's name right there, Doctor Money. <laughs> Doctor Money, what's money. up? I love it. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you could vote this week at thecreepoff.com. You could either vote for. Uh, Dr. Lothringer, or you could vote for Dr. Money, and uh, we mm-hmm. will find out the results on next week's episode of The Creep Off, so uh, make sure you do that. Dick, you want to hear, uh, do some voicemails with me, buddy? Absolutely. Alright, well, our voicemail segment is brought to us by our good friends in Syracuse. The Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the City of Syracuse. The second annual Carousel Ride-a-thon is happening this week to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation. The kids' number one wish... Do not have to die in Syracuse. See you in Syracuse. You get it? It's not a good place. Yeah. It's not a good place. Uh, speaking of places that aren't great right now. This is Vladimir Zolinsky. You are listening to the Creepop, America's number one anti-Russian podcast. If you are Russian, you should kill yourself. Jesus Christ. Somewhere oh, Carl's no. laughing really hard at that. 
Okay, I'll give you a little backstory on this next one. A guy called okay. in last week, and he had sent me a picture that his mother has framed in the house of her and Jared Fogle. Oh, <laughs> so, does she know what happened? Oh, or? she knows, but she's just like, it oh. was still such a magical day I met a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> and this kid sent me a picture, and I cried, and I cried, and I cried, laughing, she- laughing, laughing. She looked like. Does anybody a, get a trigger warning when they come in the house? Like, hey, you don't have any. Uh, nobody molested you, right? Okay, come on in. Uh, <laughs> Something looks, in this house might be upsetting for you. Dick, she looked so happy in the picture, too. <laughs> Just big smile. Like, oh, a celebrity. <laughs> well, she's in no danger. No, yeah, that's true. So uh, yeah. here is a voicemail of somebody who has him topped, apparently. So you're talking about this guy's mom and a picture of her with Jared? Uh, I don't have a copy of this photo, but a uh, family member <laughs> by a soon-to-be marriage, uh, <laughs> her family owns Subways, and there is a picture of her as, like, an eight-year-old girl standing uh. next to Jared, <laughs> smiling. So, love you, fuck you, bye. What oh. a memento of a fun Where day at hands? the sandwich shop. Oh, Wow. Where is, is he getting hands? a? Is he getting a nice sniff of that freshly baked bread that she's got going on? That guy, we did a whole bonus episode on him. Did you know that he turned his dorm room into like a porn rental store? He was just buying so much pornography in college that oh, he wow. he would rent it out to people, like the big tapes, the yeah. big tape packages they used to VHS have. Oh buddy. man! And then his apart, then his dorm room. He got too fat for his dorm room, and he had to move off campus. And that's how he subsidized himself: was renting porno tapes. And then he lost weight from eating Subway sandwiches. Like, look at this hero. Do you think they vet guys like that more now? Like, do you think maybe question number one is like, hey, are you a pedophile? Um, they show him like a picture of a girl in a bikini, and then a picture of a yeah. little boy with a lollipop. It's like, which one of these pictures do you prefer? <laughs> All right, uh, uh, we got one from a listener. Here we go. Hey, guys. So my bad. I forgot to vote again, and I feel like a dick. I usually feel like pizza or ice cream, so this is kind of a weird feeling. Anyhow, uh, I'd like to cast my vote for Vinny. Uh, brought a better creep. That was pretty fucking gross. Uh, I'm ready for a comment, you guys. This podcast has fucking ruined me. Anyhow, if you could do me a favor and just call me every Sunday and ask me who I'm voting for and you guys do the math and all that shit, that way we know every vote counts, that'd be fucking great. Anyhow, I love you, fuck you, um, eat your vegetables. No. I will not, (laughs) sir. You're not the boss of me. (laughs) Fuck you. All right. Well, thank you for the vote. It doesn't really count. Uh, If you want to leave a voicemail for the show, the number is 585-371-8108. And uh, we're always there to listen. And if you had your penis chopped off by a moil, way too short, please call us and let us know how that went for you. Quit while you're ahead. Don't try fixing it, you know? I think the name of this episode is going to be Quit While You're Ahead. (laughs) 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 I think you just named it. You're going to have a lot of guys coming around giving you crazy fixes for your chopped off penis, but just sleep on it. I think the most important lesson that we forget that's so prevalent in society these days is just be you. Yeah. Just be you with your little bagel weeder. Own it. Exactly right. Own it. Are you ready for a scub parade, Dick Masterson? 
Yes, absolutely. I love these. All right. Driving Well, how do I start this off? Our first guy. I mean, this guy was a real jerk. He really was. Did you read these stories I sent you, Dick? I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, a passenger on a Southwest Airlines flight pulled his pants down and masturbated four times on a three-hour flight from Seattle to Phoenix. I feel like that's so, a lot. Yeah, we were talking about this on my show yesterday, and I, I don't know if it's to completion or if it's like... It's like Loki's wager. Like, when does it count as a time masturbating? Hands on How many versus pumps? hands off time. You, oh, so once your hand hits, that's a time, and if your hand comes off, that's no more. That it's a new time grabbing your dick. I don't think we have a science for this, but I think that's probably the closest thing. Like, if he's like, "Yep, okay, I'm done for a while," and he just like lays back and that goes. Does back it have to, to go it? flaccid again? Like, is there an engorgement percent ratio that it has to? cross below before it's and then it's hands off and then it's a different time <laughs> if you go again do you know what i'm saying i do i don't know what the what the metric is if somebody knows yeah please let me know like if you put on on clean underwear at night you could put them back on in the morning then wear them for the whole day but you can't wear them for a whole day and then put them on again in the morning and wear them for half a day right correct, correct. it's got to be and we need a beat off rule system if we're going to have stories like this i don't think we do i think we could just laugh at this guy his name is antonio mcgarity I like that. He sounds like an Italian Irishman. Very <laughs> drunk, very romantic. So he gets arrested when the flight landed April 2nd at Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. And according to a criminal complaint first obtained by the Daily Beast, McGarity admitted to masturbating multiple times on the flight. I think they may have gone by his number, Dick. I think they may have just gone like, like how many times did you masturbate? So he's like, I don't know, three or four. So that's like when you get pulled over by a cop. I'm like, how many drinks have you had tonight? Like, ah, two or three. When you've had like eight. So he yeah. must have been jerking off the entire flight. Yeah, this guy did not stop. So he did it in front of a woman sitting next to him. Like, it, he had no <laughs> shame in his game. The FBI investigator said in a complaint, the woman said McGarity pulled his pants down early in the flight and okay. masturbated four times in the first hour. So wow. she takes a picture of him doing this to show the police. And after he fell asleep, she asked the flight attendant <laughs> to move to a different seat. I would have led with that. This, like, you didn't think Whoa. about maybe after the, the first time he did it to move seats? Was she paralyzed? Did he have like a weird looking dick or ginger pubes or something? And she just stood, stared at it, transfixed? McGarity claimed that the woman said it didn't matter to him if he masturbated. And he, he found that kind of kinky. I believe that. I believe that she did lead him on. You think that she was like, all right, go for it? Yeah, go. she's like, oh, I, did, I didn't know what to say. So I said, yeah, absolutely. And what do you know? He did. This is like Louis C.K. all over again. Yeah, except this guy isn't going to win a Grammy. <laughs> this guy isn't going to win shit. I like to think that she was like, sir, could you not do that? And he was just, I don't care. I don't care. Just sit there singing and jerking. My jokes don't go over. I don't care. I think he just had a good old time. And either way, he's arrested.
You you don't get yeah. to do this. You don't get to do that. Um, <sighs> you think you can bullshit. get away with that without having legal legal ramifications? You're oh out of your God. fucking mind. Stuttering John's making a lot of sense today. <laughs> yeah, I should do more stuttering John drops when Carl's here, not when Dick's here. Got it. Check. <laughs> so did the uh, did the woman? Did she want to switch places to throw someone else under the under the bus? Or did she tell them that he's beating off? I got to get away from because that's kind of like Maybe that's it was like a line at the peep show. People were like waiting and she had to move uh, to get the next guy their <laughs> turn next to him. <laughs> and Who, she's taking video. How do you discreetly take a video of somebody jerking off? Is he I guess he's distracted. Why are we using the term discreet in this story at all? Oh, so she's there just right no there discretion. Like, you motherfucker. You show me that dick. Well, I mean, dude, if she's if he's fucking sitting there whipping it out, what's he gonna say when you pull out your camera? No, don't look. <laughs> that, that, is that what he's gonna do? I think this is a new ad campaign from Southwest, honestly, where they're just generating fake stories about about sex crimes being stopped aboard their aircrafts, or maybe maybe it's done by JetBlue. Uh, I think this was a Southwest Airlines flight, and if this is the case, if they let you just masturbate, I will buy that extra seat. Yeah. <laughs> My fat ass will pay for two seats. All right, let's go down to Mobile, Alabama, shall we? A $500,000 bond is set for a Mobile, Alabama man who police say killed another man by hitting him over the head with a shovel and a pipe. Oh. Not a good thing to do. Prosecutors on the case told a judge at a bond hearing they believe the assault might have been racially motivated. The attacker Mm. was white. The victim was black. Morgan Daniel Barnhill, 27, originally told the officers in the Mobile Police Department he struck a man because he thought an unknown burglar was breaking into his shed on March 29th. Okay. Well, the authorities say the investigation pretty swiftly uncovered the man knew who the person was he bashed in the head with two sharp and heavy objects. It was his neighbor, a 25-year-old black man. An officer close to the case said through the investigation it was determined that the alleged victim intentionally misled the officers about an attempted burglary. And they discovered several inconsistencies in his statement when it started. Mm. They determined that he filed a false police report claiming an unknown male was attempting to break into his shed. So he knew the family. He knew the guy very, very well. Yeah. And apparently they've had barbecues together. The guy's been over to the house. (laughs) You were making it illegal to kill your neighbors now? That should be... You should get a mulligan on that. Like, yeah. why... Significant others, wives, husbands, neighbors. Okay. Those, that's fine. But anybody else, you can't kill anybody else. Yeah. You know? In this particular case, I will give the Mobile, Alabama Police Department a little bit of credit. They actually did investigate it. They didn't just take this guy at his word. They go... <laughs> Oh, he was breaking in, was he? Well, good job. Like, high five him, job. Throw the guy in the fucking, in the back of the hearse, send him out of here. They at least investigated it. But uh, the victim's mother said that apparently there was a argument over someone had a purse that was missing. Hmm. And this guy blamed her son and invited him over to come talk about it. <laughs> And then killed him? And fucking beat him over the head with the fucking hey, shovel. come on over and talk about that purse. I'm in the shed. And then he locks the shed, and he's like, oh, shit, there's a guy trying to get into my shed. Well. The perfect crime. Shocking. This guy uh, remains incarcerated because he didn't have enough money to meet bail. Oh Yeah, so this dickhead's in prison. Now, 
Dick, when the last time we did a show together was when we were in Chicago. And yeah. uh, when we did the live show, we talked about an Illinois man who got in trouble very close to where we were, like two blocks away from the venue. Oh, really? Do you remember this? No. Well, I have an update on it. So here's the story, folks. This guy named Michael Lelko, 45, he's being formally charged with two felony counts of concealment of death, okay? The remains of his mother, Jean Lelko, she's 79, and Jennifer Lelko, his sister, were discovered back in August while we were in Chicago right around the corner in the family's suburban backyard. There was a welfare check done by the state because the place was such a fucking disaster that they didn't have doors that worked. They were, they, there were two mm. brothers that lived there. <clears throat> they had to go in through the windows to get in and out of the house. Apparently, this is starting to sound familiar. Apparently, Gene and Jennifer were probably the ones keeping this family together. But they found their bodies buried in plastic tubs that they wrapped mm. with duct tape. <laughs> now, no one knows Did they get them nice tubs, at least? Dude. The best tubs. It's his mother. They got Wait. wheels on them. <laughs> <laughs> the ones you could stack. It's the ones that are make are like they look like they stack. Yeah. I like to think that it's the ones where they just didn't have the matching lids. That that's why they had to do the duct tape on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it the lids match. This the lid says rubber made and the tub says hefty. No, they don't. Fucking bullshit in the ground, mom. So sad state of affairs is that. Michael had been allegedly cashing his mom's monthly social security checks for mm. years. Now, the two siblings have allegedly stated that Jennifer had killed Jean by pushing her down the stairs in 2015. Then they claim that Jennifer died from COVID-19 in 2019. <laughs> okay. So convenient. Jennifer killed mom, <laughs> put her in the Rubbermaid tub, put her outside, and then COVID got her. And so we just gave her the same treatment. Is that true? I, that's what they're claiming, but how can anybody know? Yeah. Either way, this well, What cat, a loss. This, <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking Gene and Jen. <sighs> Helping the I mean, that's got to be like, how could you not want to hide the corpse of somebody getting Social Security, though? You got to at least give it a shot. Yeah. And I mean, when, right? you, when you just make the body disappear like that, the checks keep coming. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, exactly. So maybe not, so you can't cut them up and flush them down the toilet. You can't put them in No, no, you can. Tears. I found that out. You absolutely can, but you have to have a really nice house. These people did not oh, have okay. that. In fact, okay. here's a fun story they said. When they were on the property trying to find these bodies, they said that these two exhibited severe hoarding behavior. When officers found Jean and Jennifer's remains last year, they noted piles of objects stacked to the ceiling of the home feces and urine in bags and no working toilets. The Associated <laughs> Press specifies some of the objects at the house were Star Wars toys. So yeah. they're fucking yeah. got their lightsabers out and they're just fucking <laughs> chasing each other around, shitting and pissing in bags. They're pretending they're on like Tatooine in the scrap. <laughs> just fucking run around and filth these two. Dagobah. We're in the swamp climbing around. How does a toilet stop working? Have you ever had like a, a, a toilet that just ceases to function? I've had a couple of toilets that weren't happy with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think I believe I've that. Had, yeah. I don't just think I've broken, ever had one, though. I don't think I've ever had one go on strike. <laughs> <laughs> like you pull off the top, I guess, and reattach the chain 
worst case scenario. Yeah, they don't really break unless like you actually break them. You're a big fucking fat piece of shit. You break it. But you're trying to flush Star Wars toys down into something, I guess. It's the new Star Even then. <laughs> My Boba Fett got stuck. <laughs> but hold on a second here. The <laughs> I watched an episode of Hoarders where this one guy was living in this house that didn't have a bathroom that worked at all. And yeah. like the tub was filled with like brown liquid and the toilet was just looked like chocolate mousse was just filled to the top. Oh god. It was absolutely disgusting. So I imagine- I love that show. I love how angry they get when they throw all their shit away. It's so funny. Don't you understand? I need that R2D3. I need that one for my collection. Yeah, I need those fingernails. It's covered in shit. It's not clear if either brother has an attorney, but they are officially being charged with uh, social security fraud. Oh, and okay. that's what they're getting for because they don't know what happened. Obviously, these two are fucking slow as shit. Yeah. Like, if they had just reported their mother missing, I imagine these two would be, like, in a halfway house somewhere. Yeah. Fucking playing Star Wars. Chamming the toilet up. Jammy the- they wouldn't be as good at gardeners, I'll tell you that, at the halfway house. <laughs> So our last creep, Dick, our last creep, Sophie Eastwood, formerly known as Daniel Eastwood. Okay. Uh, she, Daniel transitioned from male to female after being jailed for life in 2004. Sure. You know, why not? You got plenty of time. Yeah, definitely. So this happened in Scotland. The 36-year-old was dubbed the Hannibal Lecter Jr. after she used shoelaces as a garrote to strangle her cellmate a month before she was due to be freed from a young offender's institution for dangerous driving. That shit wow. escalated quick. <laughs> dangerous driving turned into Hannibal Lecter Jr. sex change? Yeah. So now she's, now she's in prison and she was like, you know what? It is the fault of the wang. Like, chop it off. I don't want it anymore. I'm a lady now. So they yeah, I like her, it in here. They put her in lady prison. They transferred, put her in lady prison. And now, in 2022, she's been in jail since 2004. She has declared that she wants to be treated as an infant. <laughs> and has requested... Do they have to do that or what? I don't know what they have to do in Scotland. I have no fucking clue. They got the kilts. I don't know who's who in Scotland, Why what did- they're up to. Why do criminals get, like, that much of their freedom recognized? Like, everything about prison is cruel and horrible, but why do they let them fuck around with identity stuff? Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, you're in a prison in your own body? Well, you're in a prison prison. Yeah. So I don't fucking care. That's great. We want you in here suffering. That's the point. So, yes, you absolutely have to stay in with the the wrong gender. So whenever you uh, feel suicidal or feel bad, just come in and report to us. We'll tell you, yeah, you earned it. You shouldn't have strangled that woman with shoelaces. (laughs) Yeah. You fucking asshole. You're supposed to feel bad. Get back to your cell and no dessert, bitch. Go. (laughs) It's so fucking crazy. So she wants to wear diapers. She wants to have her food pureed. And she also demanded guards hold her hand when she is escorted to and from her cell. Uh, I read that they gave her a pacifier, too. Fine. You can have a fucking pacifier, you fucking weirdo. She's sneaking stuff in. Like, she's sneaking a file in in the pacifier to file down the bars to escape. This is a long con. 
Now, according to a source quoted by the Daily Record, prison bosses are treating her request seriously and have already given mm-hmm. her a dummy. And yeah. I don't know what that means. What, what do you mean? It's a pacifier. Okay, a pacifier. Eastwood is a complex person and intelligent, but she is pretty demanding on the resources of the prison and enjoys being <laughs> the center of attention, they said. It's difficult to know if she really does feel a natural inclination to be treated like a baby or if it's just something for attention. Oh, what is the difference? That's a great question. That's an even better question. <laughs> what is what the fucking is difference the fucking there? Difference? Now, this is just so crazy to me. Uh, the article goes on to say that modern prisons are very tuned into human rights and the legal implications they throw up. So it's being given proper consideration. The sources also reveal Eastwood has been difficult and manipulative over the years. Well, it is unknown if Eastwood's condition has been clinically examined. People who identify as babies usually suffer from paraphilic infantism, otherwise known as adult baby syndrome. Oh, it's got a, it's got a whole syndrome. Well, it's... That someone like John Money came up with. It's also classified as a sexual fetish that sees adults role-playing and regressing to a childhood-like state. Um, fucking crazy that this jail is taking it seriously. It sounds like uh, if they're Hannibal Lecter and all, like they'll just push it till the system will not tolerate it anymore. So I guess the, system, the prison gets the last laugh, right? Because they know that she's just pushing them with insane bullshit. They're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll accommodate that. Yeah, here. You want some diapers? You want to we'll go shit your on yourself in your cell, I guess? <laughs> we'll read your bedtime stories, sure. Would you rather read her bedtime stories or, like, deal with shower duty if you're a, j- if you're a guard? Yeah. I'll go read the nut a story. So- I'll read him a story. I'll read him the same one, just like a baby would want every day. Can you tell me another one? No, lights <laughs> no. out. Don't touch the bars! <laughs> just starts racking, it with, starts racking it with her billy club. There are no plans to put Eastwood in any open prison schemes, even though she has already served the entire punishment term uh, in normal jail. So they're putting her in her own separate place now. And uh, speaking to the record from prison this year, Eastwood said she claimed she would have been released by now if she had not transitioned. She said, I felt this was sexist and transphobic. Oh, and babyphobic. The SPS Scout Scottish Prison Service was implying that as a man, I didn't represent a risk to the public, but as a woman, I did. I don't think there's any evidence to support that. Well, you know, women. That's the evidence. <laughs> they have a track record. They all belong in prison. So I have to say that is the end of episode 108. Dick Masterson, I appreciate You better hope that that lady doesn't hear at your house with a diaper and a binky. Oh, what is she looking for do? revenge? She's going to be like <laughs> flush she, you down your own toilet. She's going to be in prison, going. I identify as a Rochesterian now. I need to be transferred out of prison for life to Rochester to get revenge on the fat one. Fuck that, Dick. I got to tell you, man, it's been fun doing the show with you today. Thank you so much. Uh, we could you could follow Dick on Twitter at the Communist. And you can check out The Dick Show and The Biggest Problem in the Universe wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. I love talking about pedophiles and hearing about pedophiles. So I know this is where I could go to let it, to let it loose, you know? Yeah, man. We uh, don't pull any punches on this show. We talk about the <laughs> fucked up shit here. So uh, it's been fun having you. Uh, Carl will be back next week if his feet can be straightened out. Until then, folks, act right. It's nice to be important.
but it's more important to be nice. Gugia. <laughs> That's how we close the show. Isn't that good? Did you come up with that? No, we stole from an old radio guy. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, I didn't even get to play for you. Have you ever heard of Carl Hamburger? Yeah, I have. Did you see the video of Carl Hamburger this past no. week doing his cheeseburger? Oh, yes, video. I did. Yeah, I did. I got all of these voices. I feel like those should pop up on the big show. Yeah, I feel like we could do a whole, uh, like, a food-themed episode. I sit there writing out hamburger puns all day. Oh, good one, Vinny. Oh, man, I'm having so much fun with that. Dick, thanks again, man. Um, Bye, buddy.